Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Baltazor. And finally, finally, we're back in the win column and subsequently get to post Style Boys. But... That's the only reason that I'm happy that we won. Yeah. That we got to post Style Boys. Yeah, definitely. No other reason. No other reason. But K-State won the matchup against the Texas Tech Red Raiders 25 to 24 after being down 24 to 10 at halftime. And we'll go into why that score is especially poignant, but let's just get into the general game day recap. And let's just start before we go into either offense or defense. Let's just talk about the story of two halves we had here. The first half looked like more of the same from Iowa State. Also known as bad. It was pretty awful, especially there at the beginning, because I think it only took like two or three minutes for us to get down by two scores. One and a half. Even Okay, so I was even being conservative on that. So Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad, because they score on their first possession in two plays, and then we fumble on the kick return, and it takes them just a couple of plays to get in there. So it was it was pretty, pretty awful at the beginning. It felt like a blowout mm-hmm. that was already brewing. And, like, it was just a pit of despair mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, and you and I both kind of just looked at it like, well, this isn't good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I more or less kind of resigned for a while to our fate. Granted, that was probably premature because, like, well, A, it was, and B, it was literally three minutes into the game or less than that, and... You know, granted, the defense had shown nothing yet. That third series, though, they were uh, forced to three and out, so they were actually pretty good there. Yeah. And then, after the first half, which ended in a 24-10 to favor for Texas Tech, suddenly there was a massive turnaround for everyone in the second half. Honestly, it looked like a completely different coached team from the team we've seen in the last few weeks, which, granted, is a very good thing. They were coached very well. They were fitting the run significantly better than they were before. They were more disciplined in coverage than they were before. And they were getting their proper stunts and speed to get to Henry Columbia. Which, yeah, I'm happy that that happened. And our offense started clicking much better too. Yeah, and it makes you wonder what changed for the second half compared to the other teams that we faced. I think one thing that we need to consider is that Texas Tech's just a lot worse than the other three teams that yeah, we've played recently. Because we kind of knew it going in that they are a bit of a fraudulent 5-2 and two team. They're not an awful team. But, I mean, as much as Tech lost that game, they also got out to a massive lead on a really weird opening drive where it just looked like we had never played against football ever. ever. And then the uh, fumble on the kick return, like just too, like, like just bad luck on that kick return from the Bulls and just lazy ball carrying. Then our next drive was, I think a three and out. Uh, Yeah, it was Uh, because there were two drops on that as well. Because Deuce, well, granted, it was just Deuce not being really tall. Yeah. Deuce is five, five. That's not, but then, then Landry had an inexcusable drop. Like that, that was really bad because he's supposed. That's his thing. Like he's supposed to catch. Like he's not elite at anything other than he's supposed to have good hands. So he can't drop that there. But we luckily were able to get things turned around in the second half. And 
it it was just a total team turnaround. Like I, I don't know what else to say on that because it was night and day difference from what we've been seeing, what we did see in the first half of this game. Absolutely. That's how I describe it is a total team turnaround in the second half. Now let's get into the offensive numbers. Starting with the quarterback, Skylar Thompson was 24 for 30 with one touchdown and no picks. I forgot to write down his yardage total, but that's still a really efficient day. 296. 296. Yeah, he was really efficient through the air today. Yep. And good. (laughs) That's... Skyler, he threw a great game. Granted, he had one pass that probably should have been a pick six that was just barely past the hands of a defender, just a step too slow. Mm-hmm. But then granted, three of his incompletions were drops. Yep. So he had an unbelievable day in terms of passing, where he really only had one turnover worthy throw that I recall, and then three of his four remaining incompletions were drops. So that's you can't ask for much more from Skyler on a day like today other than he did get sacked twice and I'm not sure how much of it that was even his fault though especially one of them was Duffy yeah but Skyler he had a he had a good day other than running the ball but we didn't really need him to yeah then Deuce what can you say about Deuce you look at his rushing stat line, it's like 15 carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. Like, okay, that's a weird stat line. Yeah, and then you look at his receiving. Seven receptions for 68, one away from greatness, and one touchdown. And so let's just not even beat around the bush. Deuce is the offensive MVP. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's easily Deuce. I mean, he he scored three touchdowns. That's it. That, that's it. He scored all of the offensive touchdowns, I believe, right? Yep. So... It's, it's that simple. So It really is that simple. Then, receiving-wise, Landry, even though he had the drop early on, fixed, fixed it right up, got three catches for 49 yards. Brooks added to his catch total, five for 37. Cade Warner caught two for 35. And then the list of people who had one reception, Bebe, Howell, Seabass, Knowles, Lenners, Wheeler, and Deneen each had one. And... Generally speaking, the offense looked solid, apart from a few baffling plays that weren't even on play calling. It was just, what are you doing? They they looked solid. They really did. The offense really looks like they knew what they were doing today against Texas Tech, and it looked like they came in with a plan, and that was to pass more, which is really interesting because... We passed 30 times, and I know that we were playing from behind for a while, but the whole second half, it felt like we were in control, even though we were trailing for quite a bit of it. And mm-hmm. we still like could have run the ball a lot more than we did. There were lots of situations, I think, in, in other games we would have run, but we were passing because it was available, and we recognized that why should we run the ball when we're liable to get maybe three or four yards, when the pass plays are honestly against their secondary like just as easy to get yeah and just get a bit more yardage yeah so it's a nice adjustment by mess to uh the scheme just to make it a little bit more pass friendly this week yeah now on defense let's let's take a moment because we've been very rough on Kleinerman for the last three weeks because he's deserved it. he has deserved it but let's and honestly the first half he deserves it <laughs> the first half was Arguably the worst it has been 
like of of all of the maybe the first half of Oklahoma State. Yeah, but that was pretty bad. But Oklahoma State is good. Yeah, like Oklahoma <laughs> State's honestly very good. Yeah, but yeah, Klanerman he yeah, deserved it the last few weeks. But yeah, let's take a moment to applaud the second half success. Yeah, he totally turned it around. Like like we said, it was the total team turnaround. And Klanerman he. Something got figured out in the locker room. The something finally got communicated. I don't care that it was against Texas Tech with a backup quarterback. Texas Tech offense is never bad. It's just either really, it's just either like really, really good or good. And Columbia's not an awful quarterback. I don't think. No, he's not a great quarterback, but he's not terrible. And he's, I mean, he's got a, he's got a mind. Like he. He knows what he's doing. He played against us last year and was admirable. And he, uh, I don't know, in the second half he looked a bit more lost uh, than he did in the first half. Didn't really make any. He had the one uh, splash play that I recall that was just kind of blown coverage by Ross Elder mm-hmm. where he kind of just. He fell. He did. He slipped. Like, granted, he was going the wrong direction, but then he slipped trying to recover. Yeah, so. The sniper took him out. Yeah. But. Yeah, the defense in the second half, just total night and day difference. Yeah. Yeah, we held Texas Tech overall to 148 passing yards with one interception. Honestly, if you told me that was going to be the stat line, I would not have in any way thought this game was close. Yeah. Like, I, I if I thought that Texas Tech was going to get held to 148, I would have assumed that we won by, like, like 20 or 30. Like, yeah, especially with no passing touchdowns. Yeah. So, but running the touchdowns aren't, but the running numbers are a tad bit skewed by one 75 yard run and then one 30 yard run. So the, the rushing stats are a bit skewed by two big plays, but if you take out those two plays, which granted can't, yeah, they, it was not a bad day. Yeah. For run defense. And those two big plays, the uh, the 45-yarder and the 30-yarder, those came on the first drive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, something that, like, you take it out, they have less than 100 rushing yards on the day. And, I mean, like, still, they still happened. But when you look at the second half, I'd like to go back and uh, get second half numbers at some point. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything in the second half. No. On offense, Tech did. Oh, because they got shut out. Yep. In terms of stats, we had seven total tackles for loss, including t- including three sacks. Fletcher had one. King Felix had one, which was that insane safety. Ross Elder had one. Okay. And then Reggie Stubblefield had one, where a few people got angry because yeah. he, he decided he was going to celebrate. And if you watch back the game film... You can see Willie in the background, it's, just with his arms crossed, staring at the field. He's just cursed, just <laughs> emotionless. Like there's nothing, there's no soul behind those eyes. No, he's seen things. He's seen so many things. Three total sacks: one by King Felix, one by Nate Matlick, and one by Tyrone Tolini. Yeah, Matlick. Pull was... out your bingo cards if you had Tyrone Tolini getting a sack this week. If you did, if you're saying so, put it away. You're lying. Yeah, like, Tolini came out of nowhere for, for that. Uh, good for him. I guess he had a sack last year against KU in garbage time, but, like, you know, whatever. Then uh, 
uh, Matlick, he he his uh, his sack was actually really clutch. Uh, it came at the perfect time because it was right after those first two possessions where Tech just eviscerated uh, the defense like like it was nothing. Then we really came out and uh, just held him to three and out and looked competent, which was a change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Matlick came out on third down and got a got a, a big time uh, sack on Henry Columbi. And of course Felix, you know he's it seems like he always like is sacking the quarterback at the most opportune time. It, he his clutch gene is just unbelievable. Yeah, like it. He gets better when the moment is bigger. Exactly. Uh, and the biggest play of the game, and the biggest story you'll hear, is absolutely the King Felix forced safety, where he literally carried the left tackle into the end zone alongside him on his way to get the safety of the running back. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people didn't notice on the first watch through, I think. I think you and I noticed it, but he was being held by the left tackle the entire time. Like, because he just bull rushed inside and beat him, just absolutely eviscerated the left tackle. And he uh, was being held, basically, like, being tackled, I would say. Which, honestly, in that situation is good by the left tackle. You should, it's better to get a holding call for that than a safety. Mm -hmm. But he sucks. So, but he sucks. And and Felix just goes in. And even if that had been a play action pass, which I don't know why they would do that in the goal line, he still would have gotten Columbia. Like, he just. It was. It's one of the best defensive plays I've seen from a K State player ever. Like I, I'm thinking back to, like, just K State defensive plays like that. I'm thinking of Ryan Mueller strip sack of Bryce Petty in 2013. Uh, uh, Arthur Brown picking off RG three in 2011 to end his uh, interceptionless streak. Uh, I'm really struggling to think of other moments defensively that are as big maybe uh one that sticks out in my mind i guess is like brandon archer against missouri 2005 it's a really random one yeah <laughs> like that was bill snyder's last game we went like five and seven that year but it was a pick six to win the game and it was just bill snyder's final game so it was cool but what i'm saying is that felix anudike uzoma his safety is going i think it's going to go up in the the all-time moments and i i think he's starting to cement himself as a potential great at case it potential like he's i think he's officially entered the we need to start considering that like this guy is going to be like an all-time great at k-state if he sticks around yeah like the as effective as he's been with freshman eligibility i don't think he's going to stay uh his whole time at least i don't imagine that he would but if I... he but if he were he's gonna break some records oh yeah no if he does because honestly Here's my take. It's probably a controversial take. He's already a better pass rusher than Hubert was. Oh, that's I totally agree with that. Hubert was a good pass rusher in that he had an excellent motor. That that's it. But that's <laughs> it. Like like he had a great motor and was fast, but he didn't have a lot of technical any technical no. <laughs> aspect to his game. It was pure power and run around the left tackle. Felix Anidike is powerful and has a lot of moves in his arsenal. And he he brings the motor of Hubert, even if not quite as like, intense, it's it close and quite as hot. Yeah, it's close enough, and it doesn't matter because he more than makes up for it in a technical aspect and a strength aspect. Yeah, Vizanyudike is an unbelievable pass rusher, and when 
if Khalid Duke was healthy right now, I I would feel so much better about the defensive line. Because imagine the pass rush. Just I say imagine we had it for three games, yeah. but it's just it was good. It, it was really good. So, yeah, I, I I'll leave. I'll say this. I'll leave off with this. Imagine next year the pass rushing, I guess trio of Nate Matlick, Felix Enyudeke Uzoma, and Khalid Duke. Because Nate Matlick, I think he just needs to fill out a tiny bit more physically, but he's already one of the more technically sound rushers. Yeah, like he is 241, uh, 241 pounds, that is. But he his frame, like, he could put on, honestly, probably 20 more pounds, I think. Yeah. And seemingly, at least it seems like he wouldn't lose much of his, uh, his speed. Because if he already weighs 241 and he's, like, as slight as he is, like, he could probably, like, stand and put on a few. Like, yeah. Especially to be a 3-4 end. Yeah. But, honestly, before we go into the game day grades, let, can we give Ty Zentner some credit? I have, I've, we've been uh, singing the praises of Ty Zentner on this podcast for a while now. <laughs> like, he was the, our MVP against Oklahoma State, right? Yeah. Like... That man, Ty Zentner, like, it was a meme for a while. It hasn't, it's not a joke anymore. It hasn't been a joke for a few weeks now. He's actually playing at an all-conference level. Like, he is arguably the re- He's one of the sole reasons that we won the game yesterday. Without his 63-yard punt, we don't set up a safety to get us back in the game and then get another touchdown drive. So... And then the kickoff. Yeah, and the then kickoff the kickoff. on the unsportsmanlike. Yeah. He erased all the yardage that they would have got. Twice. Twice. Yeah, because he had the, we had the unsportsmanlike on the failed two-point try. And we then got Eric backed Munoz up. siding yeah. offsides. Yeah, and then Eric Munoz, literally the first time we've seen him all year after transferring in, he's offsides on a kickoff. <laughs> of course. And... Then Ty Zentner says, I don't care. And he still gets it almost to the goal line. I mean, that was a kickoff. Oh, his 15. From the 15. That's an 85-yard kickoff. <laughs> like, that is unbelievable. And because, like, we got them before the 25. Like, it would have been more advantageous for them to fair catch after a kickoff from the 15. That's insane. Ty Zentner has a just behemoth leg on kickoffs and punts. It is He's unbelievable. His punting skills also. He he also is very accurate as a punter as well. It's like he's shown. But Ty Zentner for all Big 12. You yeah, heard he's it. All-American as a punter. I mean, as a punter, I, I would be fine with All-American. I think he deserves it. I don't know if he'd get it, but he he's, I certainly think he deserves it right now. He's unbelievable. Yep. So now let's get into game day grades where we go through every single position group and give them a ranking from A-plus to F. F meaning they lost us the game, A-plus meaning that they single-handedly won it, including the coordinators. But let's start with the quarterback. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Did Skyler miss a few reads? Yes. He missed a wide-open Bebe in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. That happens. Did he have that really bad throw that could have been a pick six? Yes. But... He was so remarkably good for the rest of the game that honestly he gets an A from me. He gets an A from me as well. He was excellent. He had almost 300 yards. He had a go-ahead touchdown late in the game uh, on a great play where he steps up in the pocket to avoid to avoid pressure. Uh, everybody keeps calling it an RPO. It wasn't an RPO. It wasn't an RPO. Shut up, Tim Brando, idiot. And <laughs> and that but he. Like, let's loft it up to Deuce. He was clutch today. He was making 
basically all of his throws. Like you said, he missed a couple of reads, but with the way he played today, he kept us in the game. Even if he wasn't getting the touchdowns, he was moving us down the field. And he was excellent today. This is the Skyler that we expected at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know what changed other than him getting hurt, but it worked the opposite way. And he's... Uh, yeah, maybe injuries like just make him better I guess I he don't grows know. back stronger every time maybe that's it he, yeah he has regenerative powers but yeah Skyler gets an A he was yeah. awesome yeah running backs similar story we already called Deuce the MVP the only reason it's not an A plus for me is because rushing wise no one else really contributed that much but it's still an A yeah A for me as well Deuce had two touchdowns uh, on the ground, one receiving. He was awesome yet again. Joe didn't do much, didn't really need to, I guess, but it was. Jacardier is still in the doghouse. Yeah, Jacardier, yeah. we may never see again. I, I salute you, sir. Rest in peace, my take. Beginning of the year, Jacardier, you will be missed. Yeah, we, you will forever be in my thoughts. But yeah, a for me. Wide receivers is where things get a tiny bit more interesting. Because I don't know what happened, but a few players in particular, uh, no, just Cade Warner. Just Cade <laughs> Warner decided that he was an amazing route runner for no reason this game. Like, he had a few nasty routes. I think both of his catches were on routes that he legitimately won. The DBs didn't lose. He won that route. And then you had Malik, who had, well, a couple of Malik moments, we'll say. Brooks contributed. Howell's looking really, really good. He's warming up to the offense. How? So, yeah, Howell's figuring some things out. Yeah, I'm. So did they? Are they enough to get an A for me or an A minus? No, because there's still a couple things that I would like to see sorted out. I'd like to see more people develop a better route tree. But honestly, they get a B for me, which I think is their highest grade they've got all year. No, it's a tie. It's a tie for their highest grade. Their highest grade was up against Okie, Oklahoma, I should say. Yeah, I'm going to have a tie as well on my best receiver grade on the year with B+. Uh, they're tied with the, against OU, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, I, don't, I don't know, they were just, they were really good. Uh, the first drive, they had a complete F. It was horrible. Yep. Everything after that, though, was really, really good. Like you said, that Cade Warner, I, I know the play that you're talking about, it was like third and like, it was like 18 or something like, like that. And Kate Warner got like 25 yards. Because I, I was like, wow, he just ran a really good route. Who was, oh, wow, that was Kate Warner. Okay. Yeah, you and I both looked at each other like, Cade? <laughs> yeah, like, and like you were like, like verbally like, like exclaiming about how, like what a great route he had just run. And it was, it was, I, it was so good that I did not realize it was Kate Warner <laughs> at first. And he, he was really good. Philip was clutch per usual. Uh, Landry had sure hands other than the early drop. Tyrone had a great catch uh, to set up the first touchdown drive. Seabass finally did something. And then he got a holding call next play, and I never saw him again. Yep, that, that was sad. Uh, Malik, he had a couple runs uh, on jet sweeps, uh, and then he had a uh, one reception, but he did get dinged up in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, receivers... They've really started to figure things out here in the last few weeks. It's been pretty impressive development. We are light years away from the receiver room that we had at the end of last year and beginning of this year. 
I, I'm not sure what changed, but Messingham started coaching them. Well, that is true. But he was coaching the first three games of this year, and he really started to figure it out. So, I don't know. Yeah. So now let's move into tight ends and fullbacks, who I really only have two plays with which to really... No, no, that's not true. I have a couple plays with which to judge them. Unfortunately, only one of them is positive, and that's the catch to Bebe. Because other than that, you have a catch to Deneen, which I think was eight yards, which, okay, fine. Then you have the Nick Leonard's fumble, and then Jax Deneen falls starting twice. Yeah. So, honestly, their only positive play coming from Bebe, and that they didn't contribute that much in the blocking game, they're honestly going to get a D- minus from me. But if you're going to pick one position to have a D-, minus, I guess pick the tight ends and fullbacks. You see, I just went with a C for them. Like, I know we're drastically different there, but, like, they generally were pretty good blocking. Sammy Wheeler finally got a catch. Bebe had a great catch. Leonard's had a head-scratching moment. I uh, had the first down by, like, four yards. He did, and he was reaching, which you, you should know where your route is, my man. Like, granted, I guess that's why you don't put him on routes. Yeah, true. But, yeah, um... That was a really head-scratching play. But Bebe had a great catch, a uh, 32-yarder. And, I don't know, the room as a whole was like, all right, Deneen, his catch set up a deuce bomb touchdown run, I believe. Because he had, like, a nine-yarder that almost got into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took, like, half the Tex- half of the Texas Tech defense to knock him down. Like, he he was just, like... Walking refrigerator. Yeah, he was fighting for that big man touchdown. He wanted it, bro. But yeah, we I just, all wanted it. Yeah, I gave him a C. I probably would have given them a, a B minus if it weren't for the letters fumble, because that came in a pretty critical moment as well. So <laughs> yeah. Now the offensive line. There were two really good members of the offensive line, and two really bad members of the offensive line. The good news is that we're not bullying Noah Johnson this week. He had a good game. That's fun. I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Good for Noah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ben Adler and Christian Duffy are getting it this week. They had a really bad game. Like, Duffy had some of the worst pass block. I thought we traded right tackles. And if you remember what I said about the Texas Tech right tackle, I called him one of the worst players in Power 5 football. And I thought we traded him. Um... Duffy had a few really bad snaps, but Noah Johnson was good. Revis was good. BB was nails. Per usual. So the O-line overall gets a B-minus for me because how good the left side was balances out how bad the right side was. Yeah, I gave him a B, uh, B for BB just because. Of course. Like, BB was nails. The moment where... Uh, he was injured was one of the scariest moments of my adult life. He just got thumbed in the eye. Yeah, I I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, like like if we lose Cooper BB for any extended amount of time, like it's over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he had a, he came back pretty quickly. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to be wearing a visor in the future. <laughs> and, uh, he he was excellent. Revis was also pretty good. Johnson was fine. Uh, Adler, not great. 
Uh, Adler was the one who tripped Skyler on that first play that we thought oh, got right. Skyler hurt. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was pulling, and he just got his feet a bit too far out. And then Duffy was, yikes. Mm. Yeah, he was pretty tough. Uh, Panzer, though, he... He uh, was there a few, like a few snaps. Yeah, he got some snaps again. Panzer is really starting to uh, work his way into a regular rotation. He's one of the few linemen that rotates him. Logan Long does a little bit as well. He had a few... Uh, solid pass blocking snaps and relief for Duffy. Mm-hmm. They're definitely rotating the right guard and right tackle position the most, which means I believe they've identified the same issues that we have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get a B from me. Yeah. So now let's move on to the defensive side of the ball after a really good offensive performance. And the D-line, they're the only group that I think was really, really, really good the entire game. Because second half, everyone was really good. The first half, the D-line was still doing their job really effectively. And of course, whenever you have Felix and UDK making the game winning play, I'll call it that because that's really what turned the game around. I gotta give him an A+. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I give an A+, as well. Because without Felix and UDK... I don't think that we win this game. And they were they were excellent. They were back to the defensive line that we saw those first few weeks. Uh, Timmy Horn was doing Timmy Horn stuff. Uh, Felix NUDK Uzoma was doing Felix NUDK Uzoma stuff. Uh, Nate Matlick was uh, starting to make some plays again. Tyrone Tolini even was getting in there. He made a play out of nowhere. And uh, we were, I don't know, we just looked good on the defensive line, we were noticeably better. Uh, they got some running success early, but most of it was to the outside. Most of the time when they were running interior, the only time they were successful was when it was goal to go and there was not a lot of yards to gain anyways. Mm. So, A-plus, they were excellent. Yeah. Unfortunately, the other two groups did not fare quite as well. And the... I will preface for both of these grades that the second half is what got them these grades. The first half linebackers were really, really, really bad. Their ability to fit the run was really sketchy. And a lot of times the D-line was just kind of bailing them out and they weren't getting burnt as bad. But on plays where they took the... Because keep in mind, both of their big runs came when they eliminated the defensive line from the play. So it was on the linebackers. And those just happened to be the two biggest plays of the game for Tech. So, but then the second half happened and they got their head on their shoulders. And because of how that performance balances out... I'm honestly going to give the linebackers a B because they were really good in the second half. I went with a B- minus for the linebackers. I felt like uh, basically same reasons for you. Uh, basically, most of, or a lot of at least, the early struggles on defense uh, went back to linebackers just kind of being out of position. Not, like you said, not fitting the run well. Uh, but the second half... They got things figured out like the rest of the defense did. And they they did well. And Daniel Green, he had another day where he was just trying to get to the quarterback. I think he's yet to record an actual sack on the season. And he 
but he's still like constantly almost getting there. He I did noticed get it like juked really bad by yes, Columbia. Yeah, he did. That was depressing. But he did get a quarterback curry statistic for it at least. <laughs> uh, he had his arm on yeah. him. He hit it. Yeah, he did. Uh, Fletcher, he had another clutch TFL. It seems like whenever a play is about to just go absolutely awful, we have Fletcher. There's a safety net, like like once a game, we get like a get out of jail free card from Fletcher, and you I don't use it once. once. <laughs> we we get it we one time. And Austin Moore also came in with a tackle. Um, that was that was fine, I guess. <laughs> and but yeah, linebackers like they were, they were good. Yeah, defensive backs they. They weren't bad, bar for that one play, but they didn't do anything really spectacular other than the Russ Yeast interception. But again, they were really good in the second half, so honestly, they get a B-plus from me. I went with A-minus for the defensive backs. Uh, I pushed them over the edge was the interception. The uh, the one-blown coverage play... Uh, I'll this give him, is him falling. Yeah, I'll give him the Ross Elder discount on that. <laughs> like, you know, he's he's gonna do something. We he's can't trying his best. We can't put that on the rest of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. But we we also we saw uh, um, a young guy uh, record a statistic uh, in there. Uh, Omar 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 Daniels. Oh, yeah, he registered a solo tackle, which I did not notice, but ESPN has it recorded as a uh, tackle for him. Because uh, I know Amaris got in. Yeah, Amaris did get in. And he wasn't bad. <laughs> no, he was not. Uh, Echo did not record a tackle yet again because nobody throws to him. So he... <laughs> nothing ever happens to Echo because he's just a shutdown corner. The safeties generally tackled pretty well. I don't remember many instances other than that first drive. Again, we're coming back to that. Yeah. Uh, Where J-Mac kind of got exposed and then yeah. threw Columbia out of bounds. Yep. Which I still think that's a really soft flag, but you can't do that. Yeah, it was a soft flag. I, I do agree, but like you got to see it coming, like so, like just you got to let it go. And that I don't know, like they weren't like a liability tackling the secondary, like they had been a couple of weeks in the past. They were they were good. Yeah. So now we get into the coordinators, and I know, I know, people were angry at mess in the first half. Hear me out. Even in the first half, Mess was calling a good game. We were just having trouble executing. And then he puts on an absolutely nutty second half. This is a different Messingham. I'm convinced that some we are dealing with a replicant of Messingham. This is not the same person who's been calling the plays for the last year and a half. It No. That being said, Messingham was the perfect flavor of aggressive and yet knowing the limitations of his players within this game plan and even managed to come up with a couple of creative play calling concepts involving wheel routes to running backs and in routes that create inherent rubs within the routes. This is what I meant when I said I want Messingham to be creative and he's doing it. Damn it, he gets an A. A minus from me. Mess was good. With the agenda is dead. The agenda is dead. <laughs> yeah, mess was. Don't you dare go back. Don't you dare. Yeah, it's dead temporarily. It can be brought back. You're, so you're you're on notice, mess. But <laughs> you're fine for now. 
he called a great game, I think. He, like you said, he was more creative than he usually is. Uh, I don't know, just like he, like you said, like he played to the strengths of the players that he had available. And he just did that really well. And even like a few more, t- like Skyler could have had another touchdown pass. Like if he sees Bebe there, like mm-hmm. Bebe's wide open. And Skyler still had a really good game, but Mess, he was putting players in the best possible position to succeed even early in the game. Landry just drops that pass. Deuce is just too short to make the first catch. Like he's drawing up really good plays and people are getting wide open. Like, people keep saying Texas Tech lost this game, Texas Tech lost this game. I think it's more we, we're shooting ourselves in the foot for a while, and then we just stop doing that. Yeah. Other than penalties. <laughs> yeah. Which, that is a whole other discussion. But mess, A-. minus. Yeah. Courtney, my man. Keep my doing man. what you're doing. Yep. So now we get to talk about Klanderman, who, if we're talking about first half Klanderman, he'd get like a D. If we're talking about second half Klanderman... He'd get like an A, so I'm just gonna ma- I'm just gonna balance it out. I'm gonna give him a B because basically he sh- it's basically alone on the second half shutout, and I would rather shut a team out in the second half than the first half. So we figured it out. He gets a B. I also gave him a B, uh, basically the same reason. First half was just a nightmare. It was awful. People were ready to burn down veneer, and like like it was pretty. However, once you tweeted unless at Scott Wildcat, <laughs> at Scott, the, that that's ball game unless unless that that was the moment I think things shifted for Klanderman. I think he probably looked on his phone, saw that, and was inspired by <laughs> your reply. Finally, so, someone believes in me. <laughs> yeah, but Klanderman, he in the second half, it looked like the defense returned to form from some of the earlier games. I don't know if it's permanent; probably isn't, but at least for a half. They looked like their old selves. And you know what? Even if it's only for a half, it was nice. It was nice to have another team go on offense and not be worried about when they're going to score. It, it was it was an if, not a when question for once. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was nice. And Klanderman deserves credit for that. Yeah. So... I don't think there's... We don't need to spend much time on MVPs. I think we're both in agreement. Deuce and Felix. I was going to count down and we could say it at the oh, same sorry. time. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's fine. Yeah, it's Deuce and Felix. I, honorable mention, Ty Zender. Honorable mention, Ty Zender. He's getting an honorable mention like every single week. At Honestly, and he you may as well it. just put like designate special teams player of the week, Ty Zender, every week until proven otherwise. I I think you're right. Unless there's a kick return touchdown, then they can be co-MVPs. Okay. I'll, I'll or punt return. Punt I'm willing to accept specify that. that. I'm willing to accept that. Cool. So now let's get into what to take away from this game. And the first and foremost thing is the complete opposite of what I said last week. Our coaching staff has proven that they can adjust if given time. They're proven that they're capable of it. I want this trend to continue, <laughs> but they can do it. So it's we need to hold them responsible to do it. Yep, uh, they 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 did adjust in the second half, 
Uh, granted, the offensive game plan honestly didn't change a ton. I don't think it didn't really need to. It seemed like it did at the time, but in hindsight, the offensive game plan was actually fine. It was just the defense. The defense got things figured out. Uh, maybe Ben Newman, he gave a uh, inspirational speech <laughs> to, to get the guys motivated to... Stubby bribed everyone with barbecue sauce. I mean, fair. Like, <laughs> the sauce boss has to do what he has to do. And the, I don't know. The defense, they really got things figured out. And a lot of... We have to give credit to the players, of course. But as we've seen, coaching staff giveth and coaching staff taketh away. This week, they did both, but they giveth in the second half. And they deserve a lot of credit for adjusting in this game. Yeah. Also, it's not on the outline, but we were coaching to win this game. We were. We were not coaching to not lose like we were doing last week. We were coaching to win. And lo and behold, we won. And, you know, it's funny because Kleiman talked about that in his press conference this week. And, like, everybody was, like, uh, at his throat, including us, kind of. And, you know, he followed through on what he said. He like like said like you know we were coaching to lose like we we need a coach to win and that's what he did and I was like all right climbing like, all right like, like 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 say your say your thing man like good for him yeah the defense the next takeaway is the defense looked better than previous weeks and I'm not even attributing that to being lower competition because you can still mess up technically and assignment wise against lower competition. You can just mask it. But this one, they looked genuinely better in assignment football, which, thank you. <laughs> yep, they knew what they were doing, clearly. Uh, somehow, in a one-week gap between games, we figured out more things defensively than in a bye-week, which is interesting. I, I have no explanation. Anti-Andy Reid syndrome. Yeah, I'm... Just not even to look for an explanation. I'm just gonna take it for what it is. But yeah, they they just looked like they knew what they were doing. They didn't look lost, and they were, they were making adjustments. And like like we saw in the previous point, but I don't know. They just they they weren't lost on the field, and that was good because they looked lost at times in the previous weeks. So yeah. So here is I think the only negative on the takeaways for this week. Because, yes, we still won. We would have won more comfortably if we didn't have 11 penalties for, I think, 86 yards was the final number. Yep. A lot of those were false starts. Yeah. One of them was an unsportsmanlike. Two of them were unnecessary roughness. Yeah. One was both, okay, both unnecessary roughness were kind of soft. Yeah. But the false starts and the holdings need to get figured out. Because we're not going to beat many teams going 11 for 86. Yeah, that was pretty awful. Uh, it's one of the biggest departures between our teams and the Snyder teams. Is even at the end when the Snyder teams were struggling, they did not really commit many penalties. At least it didn't seem like it. The climbing teams have definitely been a lot more loose with penalties. They, uh, it's, it's more of a... I don't want to say a lack of discipline, but less discipline, at least in that regard. They uh, definitely, uh, I don't know, they just need to get more discipline on the, the penalty end of things. And they just, uh, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say other than they need to work on all starts. Yeah, no, Sorry, my man, the, the Seawolf, Jack Stenine, uh, there's two false starts. 
Duffy had a few. Duffy needs to work on a lot of things. Like maybe yeah. maybe false starts is honestly that's pretty low on the totem pole for things he needs to work on. Yeah. So the next thing is you can put this game in Skyler's hands and he won't throw it away from you. Will, is he perfect? No. Is he talented enough to get drafted? I'm going to be realistic and say no. But he's still a very solid Big 12 quarterback. He will not lose the game if you put it in his hands. And in fact, he will win you the game by making good enough decisions, like good decisions. Which... I feel like that's been the biggest question mark. Because we've seen him make really good decisions, then we've seen him overthrow very good decisions. But, yeah, you can put the game in his hands. Yeah, Skyler's looked like a totally different quarterback the last few weeks. I mean, you go back to like the first game against Stanford where he was missing a wide-open Amaterbebe uh, over the middle of the field. Would have been a touchdown, so he underthrows him, doesn't even make the catch. To how he did this week... Um, basically the same route in a tighter window to Bebe, and it was right on the money. Mm-hmm. He's been a different quarterback the last three games. Even against Iowa State, he had the one bad interception, but regardless of that, he's been great other than that. He's completing almost, I think, 80% of his passes over the last three games. He's been more excellent. without drops. Yep. Uh, even more without those drops, because he had three drops today, and that's, that eliminates uh, three of his five, six Incompletions? Six incompletions. Six. Yeah. He would have had a, a near 90% completion percentage. Yeah, it, it was incredible. And, yeah, Skyler, he, he's a different guy right now. Like, he develops? Dude, Somehow? dare I dare I say he developed? Like, dare I say it. Because that's been, always been the biggest controversy about him is that he hasn't developed much, but he does look like a more comfortable and better passer right now. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so next thing, uh, King Felix is really good. We don't need to spend much time on that. King Felix is really good. He's excellent. He's a force. He's legit. He's a king. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just realized we're going to have a team with King Felix and Kingsley U- uh, Ugu. Ugu. Because you don't pronounce the W. Right. Ugu. Can we move into defensive tag? No. <laughs> Both at the same time. And then the final thing that I feel is most important... And we've pointed this out every week. There's not been a game where they have laid down and died. I don't think that that's part of this team's culture. They will fight, and it is this game that they chose to fight, and they ended up winning. Because you'll get into fights where you lose. You'll get into absolute dogfights of football games where you'll lose, because there's not much you can do about that. But you'll get into games like this where, yeah, you'll make mistakes, but you're fighting so hard. And that counts. And it will win you games. And it won this game. Yeah. Uh, they fought really hard the last three weeks even. Uh, or the last three games before this. Oklahoma State, like, they they lost, but it wasn't because they weren't trying. Like, like they were trying. Even when uh, we were on the third-string quarterback, Jaron Lewis, like, he, it wasn't like he wasn't trying out there. Like, he just wasn't used to it. And, you know, he, he was still out there putting forth effort. OU, we put out a great effort. Uh, across all the units, even if they weren't performing well. It wasn't lack of effort, for sure. Iowa State definitely was not a lack of effort. And then today, if uh, yesterday, finally paid off, and uh, the effort pushing through finally resulted in a big W. Because 
as players, I'd imagine it probably gets pretty old hearing the oh, coaches. It's hard to fight. Yeah. Because I've yeah. been in a I, – I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. But I've been in a locker room where – where you have lost a couple of times. You've lost games that you expected to win. You've lost big games. Granted, you win some big games too. But it gets genuinely hard to fight if you lose every game where you are fighting. But even losing three in a row, this team, is they still have plenty of fight in them. Yep. They're, if nothing else, uh, the coaching staff, they're motivators. That's for sure. They, they always get the team motivated to play. And that that is to be commended. Yeah. So, yeah, that actually pretty much wraps up all that we wanted to say about the K-State-Texas Tech matchup. It was a great win by the Cats, a win that had a lot of adversity, and honestly, it was a tale of two halves. First half was not looking so good. Then the team fought back in the second half, made their adjustments, and then decided we're very good. There's one more thing that I want to mention. I just remembered it because I realized it last night at 3 a.m. The last touchdown that Deuce had on the wheel route on the great pass from Skyler, on that play, the linebacker he burned was Rico Jeffers. Which cosmic justice. And like that balance <laughs> balance was had. Yeah, exactly. It's poetic justice. <laughs> Like for for Skyler in that moment to to get his one touchdown pass just burning the guy that knocked him out of the season last year, like as Aaron Rodgers said, how can you not love football? Is that that's basically what he said, right? Yeah, it's that. Like, <laughs> I I think it was. Yeah, sure. It was it, it was that in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. But yeah, that concludes this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or contact us in any way, we are at Aggieville A Cats on Twitter. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us, we are AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. And I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. If you want to support the show in a more financial sense, please be sure to visit our merchandise store where we have such designs as Play Sandstorm Cowards and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this edition of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.